Welcome to Quote Unquote Guilty, the only guilty pleasure podcast with air quotes in the title. I'm your host, Joe Ketchum. I'm joined today once again by Andrew Kropel. How's it going, Andrew? I am doing well. How are you, Joe? I am doing well. Thank you for asking, Andrew. No problem. Wow. And we are joined by Raymond Gardner. Man, that was so so genial. <laughs> we can be... White people are very genial yeah. to yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. well, it, it, it's what? like the secret handshake. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's just being polite. That's yeah. how white people interact covertly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they let all the sinister shit happen underneath the surface. You know white like me. <laughs> the voting the Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm going to borrow a line from one of my favorite movies, Tombstone, which we should probably do at some point. Uh, Wyatt, I am rolling. They asked Doc Holliday how he was doing. That was his answer. I think Tombstone is just a classic. I mean, could anyone really consider it a guilty pleasure? No, but we should feel qualified. <laughs> we, we, we need to add that. That's like Die Hard with a Vengeance. I love the shit out of that movie. I've never. Maybe, seen maybe we'll do it for like a Patreon exclusive. Just like this is us talking about how great Tombstone is. I've never go seen listen Tombstone. on Patreon. It is infinite. It's really great. I've yeah, seen I, Wyatt Earp, and I've never seen that one. <laughs> we should watch them both. Maybe we because my mom was watching Wyatt Earp maybe about a year ago. I should see if it's still available. Mm-hmm. I haven't it's seen somewhere. Wyatt Earp, but it sucks. <laughs> That's the Tombstone's great. Tombstone's great. Well, do you like your Kevin Costner western westerns? I I don't know if I've actually. Well, I've seen Dances with Wolves. I guess that would count, and I don't like that. But I haven't seen a lot of his westerns that I can think of. It's like that, and then uh, some Lonesome Dove thing or something with Robert Duvall. He did another one, like Open Range. I think that's what it's called. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a recent one, too. Like, yeah. maybe in the last five or six years or mm-hmm. something. No, yeah. like 10, 10, 15. I know Thomas Hayden Church we're, is in there, too, right? We're old, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was made for AMC. I heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. Never saw it, though. Oh, no, this one was actually out on, like, it came out in theaters and everything. Open range? Yeah. Yeah, I think it did. Of another mm-hmm. one, yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you might be thinking oh, of the Hatfields and McCoys. And McCoys. Yeah. That, that was like a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Which I hear is but, pretty good. Yeah, it's supposed to be great. You know what else is a good Kevin Costner film? The e- is... the Equalizer. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to make a horrible joke. I was going to say uh, Silverado, which has Denzel Washington, but it isn't Denzel Washington. It's Danny Glover. <laughs> oh wow, that is not okay, Andrew. Shame on you. You know it's bad when Joe has to take a stand. Yeah. <laughs> I only like it when I make the racist jokes. <laughs> Still notice you're cutting out those anti-Semitic messages that you... Yeah, and editing gets real difficult. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just can't help talking about the Jews. <laughs> you create all these problems for yourself to have to clean up later. I do. Uh-huh. It's it's my it's well, my vice. I, I'm sorry, Joe. We're going to have to cancel you from Word Salad Productions now because... <laughs> oh, no. One George no. Soros joke too many. <laughs> anyway, today we're talking about The Equalizer. Yay! Starring Denzel Washington and directed by Antoine Fuqua. Of Training Day fame. And uh, The Magnificent Seven. Also, Yeah, Training Day, Day, Magnificent Seven. They've also done a couple Western. other movies together, I think. Yeah, um, this is kind of the uh, mm-hmm. Scorsese-DiCaprio thing forming here. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if Fuqua's made a movie without Denzel Washington. Um, I'm sure he probably has, but yeah, I can't think did, of what uh, it was. If I'm not mistaken, The Replacement Killers with uh, Chow Yun-Fat and Mira Sovino. Okay. I think that was his first movie, if I'm not I was going to say, that would be before Training Day. Like, since Training Day, I feel like they've been joined at the hip. Let's find out. That is, uh, if only there were a way how we can discuss If only there were a database of internet <laughs> no. movies. Or some sort of repository. Hmm. Hmm. But I can't think of what else they've done. Like, Training Day, Equalizer, and Magnificent Seven are the only ones that come to mind. Yeah, he doesn't make a lot of movies, uh, Fuqua. He was a video director and then transitioned over, kind of like David Fincher and many others. Training Day, Magnus, uh, Olympus Has Fallen. He directed that? He did Olympus Has Fallen? Mm-hmm. I like Olympus Has Fallen. I've never seen I mean, that. it's a, oh, wait, no, it's a diehard ripoff, but it's fun. It. He produced it, sorry. Oh, okay. Southpaw? That kind of sounds familiar. That's a Jake Gyllenhaal boxing movie. He directed Shooter? Brooklyn's Finest. I did see that. Brooklyn's Finest was not bad. Oh, he did the King Arthur movie. The the bad one. Not the new one. No. No, the 2000... Oh, the Kira Knightley one. The yeah, they had none of the magic in it. One. Tears of the Sun? I've never even seen oh, that yeah. either. That's a good one. So, really, he's only done, like, three films with Denzel Washington. Okay. So. Well, I think I think that he's at his best when working with oh, Denzel. Yeah. Then from that filmography, because mm-hmm. I really like their collaborations. Those three movies. A lot of people didn't dig Magnificent Seven. I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked it quite a bit. But yeah, I've wanted to do this one for a long time. But I knew they were by the time I saw the movie, they were already had had announced they were going to do a sequel. So I was like, well, we'll wait. We'll do an Equalizer someday. A long time ago, I suggested it because, like, we had heard about it and we thought it'd be a, like a dumb action movie. And then I heard, like, the best description of it of it's like Home Alone but set in a hardware store. Like that's <laughs> with what a, sold me with an elderly black man. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is like the start of Old Man Denzel. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. I, like I described it exactly like that to Phil, who's been on the show, and he's like, "You just sold a ticket." I don't know if you ever watched it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he should because it's awesome. I remember Andrew and I watched it together the first time. Mm-hmm. It was a double feature. We watched this and John Wick. Ooh, oh yeah, those go great together. Uh huh. In fact, that's the how thing I it- pitched this to my friend last night. She had never seen it. I'm like, dude, it's John John Wick level violence. She's like, oh, why did you say that from the beginning? <laughs> but here's the thing: like John Wick was way overhyped, and I did not enjoy it because my expectations were too high. And then Equalizer. Just came and went. I had no expectations about it at all, so I loved it. I thought it was so much more fun than John Wick, which I have to go back and rewatch before the third one comes out. But between the two, I had way more fun with this one. Hmm. I-, I think they're about equal. Like, I've only seen both once, and then I watched this one again, and I really liked it. But I, I could see myself going back to John Wick and really liking that one, too. Yeah, I have to rewatch it. John Wick 2, I liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked them both. Looking but I think, I think my expectations were just impossibly high for John Wick that first time. Like, everyone was talking about how it was, like, this genre-defining action movie that was so amazingly good. And I was like, it can't help but disappoint, but sure. <laughs> I think I missed all that chatter. I saw it on video. In fact, I think I saw it around the time I saw The Equalizer, both at home. Like, they both came out at around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and we we watched them both back to back because I got them both from my father in law, my now father in law. He wasn't my father in law at the time. You yeah. guys know there's a uh, TV series coming on Stars. It's based on that hotel. I can't think of the name of the hotel in John Wick. Um, oh, Artemis. No, no, no. A different. No, that's a movie. Yeah, oh. th- there's an actual show coming in that John Wick universe. 
Oh, I did hear about this actually. Yeah, yeah. it's like John Wick's not really going to be a part of it. Yeah, but he, he'll. Make but it's just about that hotel. So that'll be uh, interesting. Since it stars, it's pay cable, so it'll be close to you know tone yeah. uh, like the movies. Yeah, it'll be violent and stuff. It'll be fun. I can't think of the name of that damn hotel though. Now it's bothering me. I'll find it though. <laughs> I can't remember either. If only there were some. If no. only, <laughs> damn it, some repository of all human knowledge. <laughs> And coincidentally, uh, an archive of all these episodes and shows we've done here. Anyway, we aren't talking about John Wick, are we? (laughs) No, we are not. We're talking about Denzel equalizing motherfuckers left and right. Oh, man, he straight up equalizes fools. Mm -hmm. Isn't this, like, based off of an old TV show? I was just about to mention a TV show, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the 80s. Of course, it's totally not this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) I guess the, the, the bare bones was there uh like an ex-cia agent or something i can't remember if he got burned or not that might be burned notice i'm thinking of but uh (laughs) basically would respond to ads in the paper or something like that and connect with people who needed it which uh, the show i mean the movie kind of played on at the very end with the craigslist ad yeah it seems like that's what's gonna the second one's gonna be is him taking like odd equalizing jobs Mm -hmm. which would be awesome yeah yes indeed because the movie's kind of set up that way a bit they don't have enough movies of like superheroes or like action stars just like the a, a normal day of you know where it's just i'd love to see like a batman movie without any of like the big evil guys and like him just going around stopping muggers and detectiving maybe a little bit but yeah like I'm all for, like, a Detective Batman movie at some point, because they have not nailed that yet. Oh, but the games have done fantastic jobs with that. Three the, games the games are games great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and few, uh, they're, they're the few games I've even finished nowadays, because I don't have time to do gaming. But I've played them all from start to finish, with high completion levels, too. Like, side missions, mm-hmm. fight quests, all that shit. <laughs> it, it was like role-playing Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, the hotel is called the Continental, which oh, I should have remembered. Okay. That'll be the okay. show. Okay. I have a lot of notes on this movie, too. I composed them as I was I just them. I was just enjoying it so much. I mean, I, I made the occasional note just to remind me of, like, the order of things, but I was just watching it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So much fun. I liked um, how measured the intro was, uh, or, like, the first 30 minutes. You know, nothing really mm-hmm. happens there. It's all character building. You don't get that in movies nowadays. Well, you can see how much he's resisting mm-hmm. stepping in. Like he does not want to ruffle any feathers. He doesn't want to make any waves. He doesn't. He just wants to blend in and live his life. We find out much later that he has faked his death, and he doesn't just doesn't want to draw any attention to himself. So all of that is done masterfully well. Like building to the first time he equalizes, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like a last resort. Like, he's even like, I will just pay you money. That way we don't yeah. have to do this. Oh, that was so nice. He, gi- he gives them every opportunity to walk away. He's like, this is every dollar I have. This is everything I have. Just let the girl go and we'll be fine. And, you know, I love at the end of that sequence after he kills them all. It's like, you're going to you're gonna die right here because of $9,800. Oh, like, you're going to die over $9,800. What's wrong with you? Uh, like, it's actually as much crap as we kind of give uh, Taken. As I was watching this, I was like, hmm, I wonder if, why Joe likes this over Taken. Because he ge- he gives them every out. He gives them the choice. And in the end, he's doing the right thing. But, you know, they it's by protecting other people. Okay. No, like... I- T- Taken, Taken, he just commits a genocide because someone took his daughter. <laughs> he gives them an out. You say there's no moral uh, equivalence there? He, he gives them an out in Taken. 
He I haven't says, seen it in a hey, while. Hey, you can leave my daughter, and everything he, will be. He fine. gives he gives one guy a choice, and when he doesn't, he takes out every fucking buddy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I get what he, you're he saying. D- uh, he d- he does not let anyone else off the hook. He actively murders people. We had the whole discussion in the Taken episode. He actively murders people, even though he does not have to. Denzel like actively tries not to kill anybody, and they all just keep making the wrong choice. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I much prefer this to Taken. Okay. Anyway, sorry, stirring up old. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Thirty-three minutes before anything happens. Um, I like that they establish him. He's a guy who likes his routine, mm-hmm. super methodical, very direct. Change your world. Yeah. Told uh, Alina slash Terry. I noticed the second time that he's like OCD a little bit yes, too. Mm-hmm. He's like every everything is meticulously arranged and he moves things to a particular yep. place. He's very conservatively dressed with the button, yep. buttons. Up. And if I'm not mistaken, his shirts are buttoned all the way to the collar each time. Yeah. With no tie. Like that's a huge uh-huh. violation he's, uh, for me. <laughs> he's, he's the black conservative. Yes. You know? <laughs> I was thinking that he, he might be a conservative except he actually – helps people uh i was <laughs> so i don't know oh snap yeah like as i, I get was political watching, as i was watching him i was thinking of the key and peel sketch of the black republicans <laughs> with malcolm jamal yeah, they're, yeah. they're all identical yeah yeah so it's like oh yeah he'd fit in that crowd except like, it does, like the pips thing yeah like, uh yeah someone's white up. wife is here to pick him up oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Pip thing was great because the guy in the video really looks like Denzel Washington. I think that's an old clip of Denzel Washington no. dancing on Soul Train. Let's hope not. <laughs> I haven't seen the actual Pips in a long time, though, so I can't identify him at all. It, sh- it sure looked like him. I think Fuqua, like, <laughs> what's something embarrassing you did when you first started acting? Let's put it in the movie. Yeah, in the blockbuster at that. <laughs> and he was like, I used to Pip. <laughs> Pip with the best of them. I like the word pip, though. It's so old school. Yeah. People just don't use it anymore. I'd never heard the word pip. Never? No. Does it stand for something? Or, yeah. Uh, that part is, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I only know it from the musical group. The, um, ah, uh, who is it? Straight Pippin. The, the, and the Pips. <laughs> um, I just don't know who the artist. It isn't Da Da, by the way. And all, for some odd reason, all I'm getting is Huey Lewis, and that is not a Pips guy. Not Gladys Knight in the Pips. Is it Gladys Knight in the Pips? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were thinking of somebody no. else. Nope. <laughs> I could have no. helped you with that a minute ago. <laughs> you just like watching me struggle, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That white discomfort, I, I yearn for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got kind of. <laughs> The the Pip thing kind of reminded me of like uh, Ethan Hunt's day job in Mission Impossible Three, where he's like talking about monitoring traffic congestion and analyzing for two hundred miles when someone hits a brake, you can watch the 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 chain reaction for two hundred miles. It kind of reminded me of that kind of mm. backstory. <laughs> Apparently, to throw to throw people off of his real background. It is short for something, Joe. It's short for it- Pipperoo. <laughs> That's so much better. It's someone or something wonderful. Last night's party was a pip. I've only heard it in relation to people. Hey, you're a real pip. I sometimes tell people, you're a real peach. Pipperoo. Uh-huh. That does seem somehow more awesome. Yeah, we should bring it back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right it's kind of like in Dreamcatcher when they call something a fuckero. A fuckero? I think that's the good one, a fuckero. <laughs> Pipperoo. <laughs> Gotta love that information yeah. repository. 
<laughs> so, um, we got Chloe Grace Moretz, who I thought was Abigail Breslin when she first showed up, and I was like, oh no, it's Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I forgot she was in this movie. Yeah, same here. Yeah, me too. And yeah, because she disappears for most of it. Yes, that's the other part I forgot. Because when I was watching it again, I'm thinking, okay, well, Denzel's going to go to work against this Russian baddie, and, you know, the whole movie will be the two of them against each other. No, he gets shot in the throat right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Takes out Russian baddie number one, only to be replaced by Russian baddie number two, who was who's the really main bad. villain. Good old Teddy. Nikolai. Yeah, Teddy slash Nikolai. Teddy's, yeah. And Nikolai's great. I love I love Teddy slash Nikolai. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Martin Sokus, I guess? Okay. Um... But he was also a villain in the movie uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Mm. That was the first, maybe the only place I've seen him before Equalizer. But he's got a villain's face, all right. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I've definitely seen him in other stuff. I don't know if he's like a Bond villain at some point or what. He but certainly fits the mold. Yeah, I've seen him in other stuff for sure. You know what? I, I wrote while um, while McCall was walking with uh, Alina slash Terry. I wrote, am I seeing romantic chemistry or is this just because they're both two lonely, isolated people? I think whenever we see a man and a woman on screen, we expect there to be some sort of chemistry, but no, it's just, that. yeah, it's just, it's more of like a paternal, I think, yeah, I relationship. S- I saw much more father-daughter. Yeah, later of. on, the movie reinforced uh-huh. that part of it, but when they mm-hmm. were walking before the Russians pulled up, I like I, I was think, catching vibes. I think what it is, is there was an emotional connection between a man and a woman. The woman happens to be a prostitute, mm. and yeah. then when the... Um, bad guys show up they treat it as though he's basically trying to pick her up in a sense Mm -hmm. so i think that kind of gave it a little bit of a romantic vibe that wasn't there probably Mm -hmm. in fact you can kind of see him he almost seemed angered whenever anyone brought up anything sexual with her yeah almost like a father with a daughter feels like she deserved better Mm -hmm. you know because no one wants to see that Uh, for their daughter mm mm-hmm Paternal's a good call, but, you know, he's not super protective of her until he has to be. Mm-hmm. That is um, true. He does. He's quite aware that she's going out and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which right. is her choice. It's like, it's a lifestyle. I mean. I think he's kind of she's she, She's doing that and he's respecting her choice to do that. It's when she gets hospitalized that he intercedes. Like, that's going too far. I think that's when he realizes, oh, this really isn't her choice. Like, she's yeah. kind of being forced into this. So, mm-hmm. and I have the power to to stop this. Mm-hmm. Should I choose? Mm-hmm. I like these his icy smile when uh, Slavi gave him that card, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, this is uh, uh this is where it starts." Oh, this movie has quite a few good quotes I wrote down too, because um, right al- right in that scene, I think, or yeah, was it that scene? He says, "A whore who fucks but can't talk might be worth twice as much." No, that's when he goes to to meet him right in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when he tries to buy her buy her freedom. And it seems like he put his wedding ring on to, to agonize over because she mentioned earlier that he was not wearing his wedding ring. And then uh, there's a scene where he's wearing it before he decides to equalize. <laughs> equalize, yes. <laughs> Whew, what an equalization. Uh, <laughs> I like that bullet. Uh, I can't call it bullet time, but it's more like some sort of. Oh, the Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yes, yes, the, that's exactly it. The, the he combat to deconstruct time. the room. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. He's like, I'm gonna fuck this guy up right here. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> oh, there's this guy. the corkscrew. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I noticed this time, like how well they foreshadow things. Like, 
nice little shot of the corkscrew. I like how he organizes the rocks on the guy's desk, and then he organizes them again when he realizes things are going to go south. <laughs> it's like it's all beautifully. Uh, it's all stage directed. <laughs> He's like, I'm about yeah. to fuck y'all up, and it's going to look so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be theatrical as shit. <laughs> I almost wish there were cameras filming it. You mentioned good quotes. I like the Mark Twain quote that starts the movie. Yep. The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. No, that's actually great. I I didn't remember that, but I love it now. (laughs) Mark Mark Twain's a a badass. I wonder how many people did Mark Twain equalize. (laughs) A lot. He never actually wrote anything. He would just steal stories and kill the writers and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh (laughs) Total mass murderer. (laughs) I like it. He beat a businessman up so bad he went back into King Arthur's time. <laughs> but boom! I liked. Um, I'll be quiet. When he was walking away, I was wondering, did he hear a voice telling him to take action? When he's at the door and he's just hovering and he's opening and closing it, it's something well, telling him, "Do it, do yeah. it." It's like I don't want to cause violence, but if I don't do it, more violence is going to happen. But mm-hmm. that means that blood is now going to be on my hands. But I should just let it go like they did that. No, I really need to do something about this. Lock. Lesser of two evils. <laughs> yep. Lock. So I, I, I read it as like an OCD thing, but I guess he doesn't ever do it again. I, I like that, you know, he's going back and forth five times of like whether or not he's going to stay or go. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, then, they probably could have kept that. That would have been nice to see each time. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. Else there and to then with the murder. Uh, he timed him. He predicted it would take him 26 seconds. Was it? Like 28 or something. And he ended up doing it in 28. So, like, it's showing that, oh, I'm losing my step a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little bit oh, I, I, I like when he, I like when he Must kill more. I like when he ends the timer and it's 28 seconds. He gives this little nod like, eh, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been worse. Um, Why does he time himself? He times himself doing a lot of things. I think that's got to be the OCD. Uh, training. It's part of the OCD. Yeah, and Probably training. training. Yeah. Because, like, if he's doing CIA stuff. You know, he has to be able to time everything in order to make sure he reaches contacts or knows how long before a bomb is going to explode or, mm. you know, stuff like that. That's kind of what I okay. was thinking. Part of his meticulous nature, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, I wrote down about Teddy that he's also, you know, he's well-dressed and also very competent, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love He's, he's a very good villain. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows what the fuck he's doing. And I like how he figured everything out and, you know, got it all uncovered. Well, it, it was CIA versus KGB. I, That's I a would great say point, that actually. Teddy isn't as good. Like, he isn't as meticulous as meticulous. Mm-hmm. But he still definitely has, like, that... If he could just calm his energy down a little bit, yep. he could be a lot more effective. effective. Because, like, he didn't have to beat the crap out of the Irishman. Oh, he little beat the shit out of him. Or if he did that, he could have at least said, hey, like, make sure you take out those two guys for me. <laughs> you know, because if that, if uh, his handler wasn't there, he would have died. He would have been killed. That is correct. He would have been, been shot dead. Shot. Teddy might not be as meticulous, but he's as dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. He's like, he's just as deadly. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, you get you have the two baseball players and they they both run to first in the same amount of time but one has great form one has lousy form and you take the one with lousy form and train him because if you teach him the proper form then he'll blow the other guy away Mm. so teddy's teddy can get to first in the same time as denzel but he has shitty form but he has the potential to be like so much better than denzel that's fair um did you just use a baseball analogy joe 
I feel yeah, so dirty it's now. it's an Aaron Sorkin reference. Oh, oh, okay, that makes it all better. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, they they use that same analogy in uh, The West Wing, <laughs> season five. He says, um, before he beats the shit out of that guy, he says, I'm a threat. I, I alter outcomes. I like that. Then I also wrote him my yeah. notes, savage beating alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was quite savage. Actually, it wasn't as gruesome as, like, it could have been. Like, they could have been showing his face getting pummeled in that's a lot true. more. I'm glad they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not gratuitous. It was like all the violence felt very natural to the tone of the movie we were establishing. Quite visceral in most cases, though. But, yeah, the beating was underplayed just like the choking later uh mm-hmm. for that poor lady I, I i don't even remember her name i didn't get it mandy mandy i believe oh yeah that was fucked mm-hmm. up the other prostitute i also like that we don't see him equalize the uh the guy who robs the home mart uh-huh. <laughs> right it was like he just gives him the money and he's he's probably fine to let that go it's just money what's the but then he takes the ring is like i'm gonna equalize this motherfucker yep. <laughs> it's the ring all day long and you don't see it it's just like here's the ring here, I'm putting this hammer back. We know everything that happened without actually having to see it. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he's wiping blood off that hammer. And Oh, yeah. That guy was part of the Russian gang, too, right? I thought he was just a uh, I don't think so. I thought they were showing tattoos, and he had, like, the skull from the desk. And, like, they were uh. zooming in on different tattoos on his body. And they looked like they were trying to insinuate that he was a... Russian mafioso. Sorry, I'm trying to kill a mosquito. Yeah, he's a some kind of low level mosquito. mafia guy. Maybe. Sorry, uh, yeah. I thought he was just a hood, but I have to mm-hmm. check that out again. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's very possible. That. It seems like a bit of a coincidence, unless you know well, this mafia, this Russian mafia is that widespread. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that was confused, or but there were a lot of coincidences too, like the police officers being tied to. The yeah, mafia. that was real coincidental. I didn't even like, remember that of the mother's like, restaurant when Ralph's mother's restaurant, Ralphie, Ralphie's yeah. mother's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't strike me as too coincidental. I, they were tied to the Russian mob too. Yeah, yeah. Later on, I they thought they were. Dead. I thought they were just dirty cops. Although the one cop is also working for the Rush, the uh-huh. the Harbor cop, Masters. I can't remember that guy's first name. Is it David Harbor? Yeah, because I okay. couldn't remember his name at all. I, in my notes, I had him written down as Stranger Things cop. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things guy, newsroom guy. <laughs> I, uh, Harbor came to me about halfway through, and Shoot, then I was like, Dennis Harbor? David Harbor? Mm-hmm. Dustin Harbor? <laughs> I love the scene between the first, well, actually, both, all the scenes with Teddy and McCall. Uh, or Nikolai, I guess. Um, the first one, though, when McCall knows he's coming, he knows somebody's coming, and he opens the door, and they had this real tense conversation. They're both supremely confident and, and yeah. certain that they're looking at the person, you know, that they're looking for. <laughs> they they both know each other is the guy. The, that scene has so much amazing subtext. It's just like it's written so well that, like, the guy's there, he pretends to be a cop, and Denzel's like, okay, maybe he's a cop, let's go with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I happen to be there, which you already know, because you're here talking to me about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then he, he very quickly figures out he's not really a cop, and then he's just toying with him. Like, aren't you supposed to give me a card? Isn't that what you cops do? You know, you cops? You cops who are cops? Don't you give me cards? <laughs> 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 you cops that are definitely cops, don't you have cards? <laughs> I love that scene. No, it was great. Just great. It was great, and, and despite knowing... That he's being watched now. I love that Robert doesn't break his routine. And that's mm-hmm. def- I-, I thought that was an interesting choice um, that kind of reinforced the character. He still goes to that diner. And, I mean, I would have went underground right away. These motherfuckers found where you live, bro. <laughs> right away. 
Oh man, the the diner scene's great because it's like the Winter Soldier elevator scene, mm-hmm. where he's like, "So you we gonna do this? You wanna leave? <laughs> like, we waiting for someone else? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> like it makes me wonder, like, what does an electrician's hand really look like? <laughs> like you figure these you know guys have been in fights and things like that, so like their hands would be rough and workmanlike, but apparently electricians' hands aren't that way. I, I think a fighter's hands would be bruised and, you know, rough looking. An electrician's hands would be cut a lot. You'd have, you'd see a lot of little scars, I would think. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Cause they're, they're always splicing wires and shit. Like, you gotta get the occasional cut on your hands doing that stuff. I always like watching protagonists get ahead of the villains. Like, in the ambush scene, where, like, he has everything set up. Even, like, a second apartment. <laughs> you know? Right, ain't that and, crazy? And, like, he's anticipating this move is going to eventually happen. He's sort of ahead the whole movie, isn't he? I like that. I like that he's always in control. The only coincidence is that moving truck. Unless he somehow managed to call someone and say, Hey, we need to move something from this <laughs> diner. At exactly this please, time. Yeah, can you please black the window? <laughs> you know? That is that is definitely coincidental. Yeah, that like, one was the coincidence. We have no reason to expect that he organ that he organized that in some way. That that's part of his plan. I think that just happened and that is a little weird. Uh-huh. But you know he would have figured something else out. He would have like walked out and, you know, Yeah, I mean he he would have just taken down the guy while the others watched and, you know, made it work from there. He just, he, he adapts very well, I think, to changing circumstances. And I love how he shorts out the entire restaurant with a knife. <laughs> yep. It was badass. <laughs> I'd have been scared as hell to do that. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. You. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is- Did he have gloves on or he must have had something holding the knife? I don't think so. Maybe he was grounded somewhere else where they took artistic license because, yeah, that scares the shit out of me even now. Number one, how do you do that with a knife? Because it seems like the whole goal would be to, you know, short out, like, have the two of them connect. But yeah, I, I don't know how electricity works. It's magic. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> like him even doing that and then running out of the place and probably telling the cook somehow, like, don't go out there. Like, just call the police. <laughs> and so fearless, event. though. But, like, yeah, to go right out there, right uh-huh. past the car, and just taking his pictures all casual-like mm-hmm. and shit. I was like, man, this guy is a badass. I can see why he want, wants to revisit this character. Because um, mm-hmm. this is his first sequel um, ever, as far really? as I can think of. Yeah. Oh, That wow. can't be right. I'm pretty his sure. His only sequel is Equalizer 2? I think so. I can't wow. think of a single other movie that he's done that made a sequel. I'm almost positive I read that somewhere. Now you got me. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Going back to those cops for a second, I wrote a note here that when they turned up dead, <laughs> I think I, I wrote blowing off cops' testicles and being ballsy enough to leave their dead bodies in the police department parking lot. That takes a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. Did I mention balls? Because I, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, I was disturbed by that. They, they, I think they said their testicles were blown off and then mm-hmm. shoved into their mouth. Yeah, they cut off their testicles and fed them to them and then killed them. Mm-hmm. And left them in the police department uh, driveway, parking lot, whatever. In a trunk? I yeah, think. in a trunk, in their own car. Mm-hmm. Super disrespectful. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers don't care about law enforcement or nothing. Nope. They're really bad guys. Really bad. <laughs> Some bad hombres, to quote a certain asshole. <laughs> They're animals. Um, no, so. <laughs> Some shithole country. Eh. Anyways. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that Bill Pullman is not Bill Paxton? 
I just wanted to bring I did know okay. that. Okay, just making sure. It was in my notes. Uh, may Bill Paxton rest in peace. My cousin watched Frailty the other day, which I have on DVD. Um, I like that movie quite a bit. He directed it. Yeah, Frailty's great. Yeah. I, I actually. But yes, Bill Pullman is not Bill Paxton. And I like the fact that. Oh, now you have me guessing who's in this one. Bill Pullman is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like. When you see him, I even put it in my notes. I was like, oh, you know, they're at Bill Pullman's house. And you kind of figure out, no, it's not really his house. It's, you know, his wife is the the important one. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice that they brought in an A-lister, like an A-minus, you know, not super famous, but someone where you'd be like, oh, yeah, he would be in this movie. And he's obviously going to be the important one. And no, yep. he's and not he really. He's growl to his wife. his wife. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good call. Because I thought it was odd that it was such a bit part for Bill Pullman. And you're right. I think it's just to draw focus away from the wife character. Mm-hmm. Susan, I think, is her uh, name. Yeah, played by Mel- Melissa yeah. Leo, who Susan. was in one of my favorite shows from the 90s, uh, Homicide, Life on the Street. Oh, yeah. I do have that whole series on DVD. But um, mm-hmm. she's only in the first couple of seasons. I was real... I liked her character one of the best, and she was gone. Network made him get rid of some of the lesser attractive folks. It was so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and replaced them with prettier people. It was... Uh. <sighs> so, what was your favorite equalization, Ray? Ooh. Well, not quite an equalization yet, but I did like that gun reversal swipe move with the oh, guy, yeah. Andre. I had to rewind that. I was like, damn, that's that's pretty smooth. Well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did they speed it up? I I sat there trying to deconstruct that for a second. Um, but favorite equalization? It, when we get to the hardware store, there's some fucked up shit. I, I literally cringed when um I realized that blade was in that guy's throat. Oh, yeah. Oh, edge. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have completely forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie does not give a fuck about your sensibilities. No. So it was maybe that or the drill. The drill is kind of funny. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> so ridiculous. The drill is malicious. Yeah. Like you know how pissed off he is uh-huh. at that point. It was like he is taking no prisoners at this no. at this point. Like my oh Joe, what's your favorite one? It's hard to beat the the first one where he takes out like the five guys in the office. That is just cool. Yeah, that's a really cool sequence. Mm-hmm. So. For me, the coolest part is when he hangs the guy with the razor wire. You know, he knocks over. He knocks over the bag, and the thing goes. He goes up, and then he's just doing that Denzel Washington thousand yard stare, like Mm -hmm. through this guy as he's hanging there, and it's like, oh, that is bleeding to death. That is. If I were to die, I, I would want to be killed with Denzel Washington looking through me. Like, you know? <laughs> that could probably you be arranged. You must die so that you may live. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the, like one of the, the coolest looking ones to me. Because it's also extremely visceral. Because like it's razor wire around this guy's throat. And he didn't like get his neck snapped or anything like that. It's just cutting into his throat. He's either choking or like bleeding to death like right. or both he's like yeah. dying two deaths mm-hmm. it's asphyxiation and bleeding to death which is awful and uh jumping oh, back yeah. to that second robert and teddy scene in the restaurant mm-hmm. i also love you know uh he brings the the guy's glasses because he's obviously dead and it's like so casual about it but that whole scene um the dialogue there 
Are we the to story assume- of the like twelve year old orphan? Yeah, yeah, the foster child story. Mm-hmm. Is that are we to assume he's talking about Teddy? Oh yeah. I think he, I think yeah, yes. it's meant to be Nikolai's Nikolai, backstory. Yeah. Is just uh-huh. telling him how much he knows about him. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure it was too. Yeah, it's basically letting him know. Oh, you think you know? You think you know everything about everyone? Well, let me just slap this on the table. Mm-hmm. And- Which does add a new layer to uh, Nikolai in general because that's mm-hmm. pretty fucked up. Oh yeah, that you would kill yeah. somebody so that they don't have to disappoint you later. That that was a better outcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? How is that even a choice? Uh, and I like to quote: "What do you see when you look at me?" They both took turns. Yeah. And I wrote here, he's so efficient that he completely dismantled Pushkin's entire New York business without any effort at all. Like, when they show him doing his thing, it, it causes him no distress at all. I think maybe until he's shot in the hardware store. Like, it was shocking to see him get injured. No, he got he got shot or something after the diner scene. Yeah. Because... He got a little injury in his leg. Because he uses, like, honey or something or some sap or... Something like yeah, that to heal to seal it. Heal his leg. And he's in the bathroom and they're doing the obvious fake out of <laughs> Oh, I'm healing myself in my own apartment and they followed me there, but I'm not in my apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I really liked about that sequence a- after he bandages himself up, uh, and they come into the apartment and come into the bathroom to find the water running, uh Robert has tidied the bathroom before he left. <laughs> Like, all all of his paraphernalia is cleaned up. The only thing that's there is, like, the medicine label that he left there for them. But he has cleaned the sink <laughs> yeah. before he took off. I like that. Such a gentleman. Yeah. I really lo- It's like, we're not animals. Yeah. We're going to clean up after ourselves. I really like the Ralphie character. Me too. In this. Ralphie is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't have any notes about Ralphie, but I thought about him quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, while watching him. I just like the fact that... Um, He's trying to do better. You know, I like that McCall is coaching him through, mm-hmm. I guess, making his weight for the security gig. And that how after. Yeah, the he robbery, has to make weight and like do a test mm-hmm. to become a security guard at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Which seems really stringent, but uh, whatever. I mean, he only had to get down to like 250 or something. Like, uh-huh. not super stringent, I guess, but they do have some base requirements. And Ralphie's highest aspiration is to become a security guard. So Denzel's helping him with that. And I like it. Yeah, and he's helping you be your best and- self. There's, like, the foreshadowing of, like, I weigh 190 pounds, was it? Or mm-hmm. 290? I can't remember. Yeah, a buck 90. <laughs> and, and he's like, and you can't pull me. If I'm passed out, I'm going to need you to pull me out of a fire. How are you going to pull me out of the fire, Ralphie? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you can't pull this tire. Damn, then, that was good foreshadowing. I didn't even make the connection there. And then Ralphie ends up pulling him, not out of a fire, but... Yeah. Out, out of, of the home yeah. <laughs> Buck 90 my ass, he yeah. says. <laughs> and, it's pretty and great. those characters are pretty, um, uh, like Ralphie, they're, they're, they're realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fit into our world. He seemed like normal, just normal Joe's working and doing a thing. Like the girl who's so upset about her mom's ring. Lucy, I think. Or was it Patricia? Yeah. Or something. Maybe, did I just make up Lucy? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, don't, I don't know her name. But, uh, you know, they, they just felt... The world feels kind of lived in. Uh, even the uh, the uh, the diner guy, Jake, the owner or chef or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's overplaying it. They're not playing types, I don't think. I didn't feel that in this movie. Even Teddy. or No, me like, either. Yeah. yeah, Teddy isn't even like big, bad, evil guy. He adds nuance to it. And he says... He has motivations. Like, this is his job. He does it very well. Yeah. And this guy's in his way. Like, he's not evil. He's just an opportunist. That's mm-hmm. it. Because what did he tell him? I don't even see you at all, or it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, a bottle cap yeah. or a... Uh, Piece of lint. Yeah. 
Probably should live well enough alone, though. Because I forgot also that Teddy dies. So I'm glad I rewatched the movie, because especially when you don't remember a lot of details, it's like you get to catch them all again. Because I wrote here, respect the nail gun, damn it. Because <laughs> just when I thought Robert was not going to execute him, he did it. He did it in a brutal fashion. It's like, hey, I'm yep. not going to kill you. Because that's what I expected from, you know, these types of movies. Um, but nope. Shot him cold. Dead in the head. Because he told him at dinner, like, this is your chance. This is your chance to stop it and shut it down. I'm not going to give you another chance. And he does what he does, and he takes him out. Mm-hmm. That's true. He was warned. And he had to. There's no way how he would survive that and then be like, okay, I guess I guess that's it. I guess you win, and I'll just go home. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it alone. And <laughs> good game, guys. Good game. You know? Just, like, he has to go and equalize the Russian mafia in... Uh, at the end? Yeah, at the end. Oh, Pushkin. Mm, Pushkin, yeah. Pushki. Yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> peace is expensive to buy. I like that mm-hmm. line for some reason. But uh, Which line? Peace is expensive to buy. That's what Pushkin told Oh, me. yes, 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 yeah. But I don't believe what is it. What do you second. get from my death? Hmm? What do you gain from my death? Peace. Oh, yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. said it's expensive to buy. I don't think for a second, though, that Pushkin would have let up if he did leave him alive. Oh, no. He destroyed the eastern seaboard <laughs> right right it's all business <laughs> like like where where does that take place boston i think that's where this yeah takes place boston yeah, yeah. because he had to, boston got no more boston <laughs> and then because of that they had to shut down new york i remember them saying yeah and so that makes teddy like there's a point where i'm actually like oh i kind of feel bad for teddy because like me too i thought so too he's and that's like, why I didn't remember him his, dying. He's trying his best to handle the situation. <laughs> right. And the, the, the brush fire turned into an inferno. And, yeah. Uh, I thought Pushkin was going to have Teddy killed for some reason because I hadn't seen him uh-huh. in a long time. So it was refreshing that uh, it's the movie is very direct. This it's, is what's going to happen. These this that one event, that girl getting slapped around and put in the hospital created that chain of react or, or that chain of events that uh, just mm-hmm. led him to cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> to purge it all yeah it was also kind of nice to see a movie like this you know <laughs> like the the good guys win it, it very much like now that i'm thinking back on it it also kind of has a little bit of that boondock saintsian sort of feel to it where it's a guy decides okay i'm just gonna clear and clean out you know boston in this case oh <laughs> which is where the Boondock Saints takes place. And, uh, sure does. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it sure is. But it just kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. I like revenge films, too. Yeah. And again, they didn't overcomplicate yeah. this movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of Boondock, too, because like as long as he is righteous and fighting for virtue, like things kind of go his way. It's kind of like fated that he'll be all right. What if these two films are in the same universe? Wouldn't that Maybe. be something? Oh, that make that Boston would be a real awesome. fucked up place to be. Right? I would love to see that film. A good mashup. It's a pretty good fan theory, yeah. A shared like universe. It. Except, have you seen the second Boondock Saints film? I have. No. Oh, it's not good. It came out and I was excited like everyone else, and then it got universally panned. I was like, well, I guess I'll just skip that forever. <laughs> and I have almost no memory of it except for the ending. Um, I... And it sets it up for a third one, and I was like, okay, maybe a third one. What what it really felt like was a like a film made right after nine eleven, where like America is great and awesome, but it was released in twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, it, it was like about a good decade too late for mm. that America rah-rah. So. That's funny. I'm surprised you remember so much of it. I only remember just that one character who is not in the movie shows up at the end. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a good, yeah. And I kind of want to see what a third one would be, even though I, I don't like the second one. <laughs> but anyway, again, we're off. We're off the equalizer train. We're getting we, unequal. We, we've become unbalanced, yes. as one would say. And he was bringing balance <laughs> to that fucking <laughs> city, that's for sure. Uh, I got something. Little John uses maybe my new favorite slur, Flipperhead. Flipperhead? <laughs> yeah, because the guy yeah, was he wearing call, a hat. He calls, he calls Nikolai a flipperhead. Really? Oh, I thought he was talking to the cop because of his head. Uh, oh, uh, maybe. I thought he was ca- talking to Nikolai. Like, you flipperhead can't come down here and tell me how to run my business kind of thing. That was another interesting dynamic, too, was the fact that, and it's only brought up in that scene, the fact that the bad cop, he is an Irishman, and instead of taking money from the Irish, he decides to go with Russia. Professional like um, I like I like that Robert actually does go by Robert, but he tells people he goes by Bob when he's trying to be incognito. <laughs> and the girl's like, "You don't look like a Bob. You look like a Robert to me." <laughs> yeah, I did like that too. That was a nice little. Uh, t- she did a really good job mm-hmm. of reading him, similar to the way he reads people. Maybe he saw something in that too that her her, um, her instincts were really good, except for the whole. Uh, maybe she'll be back in the second one, equalizing people. <laughs> kind of like a th- professional, uh, the Leon. Or, or you know, a hit girl. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I see what you did there, and I approve. Uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. I don't it. know. That movie, I mean, this series might work as mm-hmm. almost like, uh, dare I say, anthology, where it's just him. That- like, like the old Incredible Hulk show or The Fugitive, mm-hmm. where he just, every movie he encounters some people and equalizes the fuck out of the bad guys. Yeah, that would be nice to see. Except he had a team in the series. Now, I don't remember much of it at all, but there was a uh, sort of an ensemble vibe around it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of huh. like a Mission Impossible sort of Kind of, sort of, yeah. So I'm thinking, if anything, a second movie should probably expand that mm-hmm. for him. Well, he probably will. like, uh, the plumber, uh, what's her name? Uh, Susan Plummer. Yep. And the trailer insinuates something bad happens to her in this movie. It, the, the, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the premise of the I movie so, is that she gets she gets knocked off and then they have to he has to equalize everyone to get that, everything. That's back what the trailer seemed to imply strongly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know trailers nowadays, like we yeah, talked about <laughs> with Infinity War, you can't believe anything in those. That's true. Yeah, they're like purposely misleading trailers now. Yeah, I remember when I saw the trailer for Terminator Two and they they showed Arnold going hostile La Vista baby and firing the gun. Then it cut to the Cyberdyne building exploding from the outside from the bombs they set. So I always thought, oh, okay, oh, okay. they pull each other up at the end. Thanks, trailer. And of course, the movie is nothing <laughs> like that at all. Interesting. But it strongly implies that, that she dies and he comes back to, mm-hmm. to cleanse. But it's like <laughs> a spy film where they've already established that, hey, you can fake your own death, too. Mm. You know? so That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw the Vin Diesel Triple X reboot. Mm-hmm. A character clearly dies at the beginning of that, but is clearly alive at the end. So I was like, huh? But I went with it. Because <laughs> it was a clear death. Shit happens. Yeah. The kind, you know, the kind now where because of CG, they can show expl- an explosion and have the flames engulf the character. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. <laughs> it was like, um, how is this person still alive? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm. There's a lot of fun stuff like that in Vin here. Diesel movies. Uh-huh. 
I have yet to see like any of the good Fast and Furious movies. That's oh, quite man. a few of them. I really only don't. They're like the they're all good one. except for two and three. I liked mm-hmm. the third one when I saw it. Oddly I mean, enough, when I watched them all, three's three is fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's like it's I mean. kind of like one, one and three are fine, but the rest are really fun. You should check them out. Yeah, like I've seen one, and like it was good, but I was also like sixteen, seventeen the last time I watched it. So yeah, you could skip the second one. Mm-hmm. Maybe go. Yeah, to just skip the second one straight up. It's so terrible. And Too Fast, Too Furious, that one? That's the second one, yeah. Tokyo it only Drift introduces the Tyrese character. The Tokyo Drift is the third one, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and Tokyo it's not Drift good, is actually but necessary because... It yeah, you really should movie. watch Tokyo Drift, yeah. But <laughs> they found a way four to through eight now, to the series, love. Enough. Mm-hmm. That's, that's funny. Uh, I also recently... We'll get back to Equalizer. I, <laughs> but I recently watched uh, all of the Rocky films... And I'm really yep. glad that I did that, mm-hmm. too. I did that in 2014 and 15, mm-hmm. when Creed came out. Um, I- I'm due for a rewatch of all the Rocky movies. I still like the first two. I love the Balboa and the Creed. Five is okay, too. Four is... I know three is your favorite, Joe. We talk a- about everyone's that. ranking is so different. Yeah. Creed's my favorite. Then, then three, one, five, Rocky, Balboa, two, four. So I wasn't able to see Balboa or Creed yet. Because they're not available for streaming, right? Yeah. Creed's on Hulu, so, if Cre- they haven't taken it out. Creed's on, Creed's on our voodoo. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll take a look then. Yeah, yeah you should check out yep. Balboa, too. Um, you need it but, to complete that series. Yeah, I really want to see Balboa before I see Creed. Balboa is a pretty cool movie. I like it. But my, I want one, two, three, five, four... <laughs> I'm putting long breaks in between on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Four is definitely the worst. Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully, we can all agree. I, I don't mind five at all. Like everyone hates five, so that's no, understandable. I like five but I, a bit. I, I like five. Yeah, I think five restored the real Rocky because the guy in three that's and four one we'll have to do Rocky. then, Ray. Because you and I against the world on five. <laughs> yeah, probably. All oh, the acting is horrible, you guys. But Rocky's back. He, he's in the pork pie hat again and shit, and he, he can barely string a few sentences together. The guy in three and four delivering those nation healing soliloquies mm-hmm. and shit at the end. Mm-mm. Three isn't that's Sylvester Stallone. Three isn't that bad. Like I would put two and three on about the same level. Three is fun. Like, you go, I don't think you go to fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> two is just the first one again. It's boring as fuck. There's nothing exciting about two. Three is awesome. It's very fun for sure. Like you could probably convince yeah. me that three is better than two. Again. It's kind of a harmless cartoon, but mm-hmm. that that was okay. And four is just complete yeah. propaganda. Four is garbage. Four, four is the, four Everyone's is bad. Telling me like, oh, four is awesome, and I'm like, ironically, yeah. they're like, oh, of course. People and I'm like, <laughs> people who grew up on four love four, but it's really and bad. Start to finish <laughs> objectively. When the two gloves collide at the intro, I'm like, oh, this is just bullshit already. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> they don't. No one gets nearly equalized enough in Rocky Four. No, but Apollo's equalization was pretty fun. Throw the damn towel. Yeah. <laughs> I will break you. But uh, I'm looking forward. I gotta rewatch them all. To seeing more, of but I'm not looking forward to four. Hmm. Uh, McCall. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, me too. I hope they don't take as many years though mm-hmm. between this. You know, they, make it a real series. Make make it be Denzel's Taken because that was a what did you say? An elderly man. Yeah, an elderly, <laughs> an elderly man. black guy. Yeah, uh-huh, it's, it's like the um. Ah, uh, what's his name? Elderly black Kevin McAllister. The Death Wish guy. 
um, Pierce Bronson. Brosnan, yeah. Bronson. Uh, yeah, Charles Bronson. Yeah, that's yeah Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. <laughs> Pierce Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, from Mamma Mia, Pierce Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would like... Mamma Mia, see, another day. I don't know why I just thought like, of that. I'd love to see a series of movies like this one where you can, like, literally... You really don't need to watch it. There isn't, like, a huge overarching line between them. <laughs> And, like, basically, I would love to see, like, Burn Notice, the movie, series of movies, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, here are these tasks that I was told I have to do. Kind of like the Oceans films, the Ocean Eleven films, sort okay. of, where it's, like, there's really no real connection between any of them. It's just a caper film. Mm-hmm. With the same group. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I envision for something like The Equalizer. If he can get mm-hmm. a team or something going. Yeah. Kind of like the Mission Impossible movies, too. Yeah, and the Mission Impossible films. New, same few people, at least, mm-hmm. and then uh, an entirely new set of circumstances to overcome. I think it works. That way you don't have to... I mean, there can be some continuity, but it doesn't have to get bogged down. You can pop into any movie at any time. Yeah. It's probably the only way Denzel would do it anyway. I, I think they are also making a Magnificent Seven sequel. Did I, I just make know. that up? Ah. I, I haven't seen Magnificent Seven. I know I should. I know it's a good film. Also on our voodoo. Yep, I know. I'm glad you said that because I was going to spoil <laughs> something about uh, that movie earlier. But, <laughs> oh, but I've seen the but, original. Yeah. And I I even, like, Seven Samurai is one of my favorite films. But I don't know. It just seems weird to have a second Seven Samurai. <laughs> the 14th Samurai. That's right. <laughs> or like you said, the second Sam- <laughs> the second Seven Samurai. <laughs> That should be its title. Yeah, they've been remaking Seven Samurai for years. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, it'd just be weird. Like, where do you go from you save the village or whatever? Or you don't save the village. They save the village. <laughs> I, I assume they stay together and they do more saving of villages mm-hmm. for the sequel. Yeah, probably. Which would be fun to watch. I wanted to point out the music in the the climax, the, the home mart. I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Taking out the terrorists. That song is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really adds to it. It sure does. Because he's got no fucks to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's over the edge at that point. He's like, I gave him a choice. Mm-hmm. They, this is what they chose, and I'm just doing the thing. <laughs> right, right. And they brought my family into this, and fuck you all. Mm-hmm. And even that was kind of handled in an unexpected way, you know? There was no big hostage thing at the end or anything like that. They're kind of inconsequential. Yeah, no, like, standoff yep. or anything. He just takes them out. He, he, the the people are free, but I think it's just him and Ralph by the end, right? Because all the rest are out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ralphie gets them all out and then comes back for him later. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. The movie, mm-hmm. in a really um, offhanded way, kind of upends a lot of conventions of this type of movie in just ways I didn't expect. Like I said, I thought it would be a bigger storyline with the Chloe Grace uh, character and, and the Russian Slavi and all Where that was stuff. she? I guess recuperate. Well, no, because this this went on for weeks, months, right? In the time went on for a while. She's like, she's just not around anymore because she was only at the diner, like waiting for calls, mm-hmm. waiting for Johns. Plus, she's recuperating, and but like yeah. the mafia lost her. That's true. Well, she well she got the money so she could like get out of town. Oh, I thought like she was just like, got the money. When she went to see him, I didn't realize. No, she says she says when I woke up in the hospital, there was a money with ten thousand dollars in it and a ticket. Mm-hmm. 
to get out of town. Yeah. I bet you there's $9,800 in it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she says almost 10000 uh-huh. so we're meant to assume it's 9800 or like 9750 in a bus ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and a note. Bye, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. She, she maybe had just returned mm-hmm. there. Hmm. Well, she said she'd been back a few times. Yeah, I stopped taking notes after they got to the plumber house. What was funny is when you said that, um, <laughs> that's where my notes had stopped, and then I kept going. It was right at the diner that went on, because I said something about he knows it's a setup. Ralph quit. Yeah, Ralphie quits. Mm-hmm. That Which I, I, I thought was going to be like a, he was afraid to fail, and he was afraid to face Yep, I did uh, too. Bob. But no, he quits because his mom's pizza place or mexican restaurant is burned down mm-hmm. and he has to help out yeah gets his job right back even though he quits with no notice he did the george costanza you just show up like you never quit in the first place <laughs> <laughs> i like what that what? what are you talking what are you talking about i didn't quit you you thought it was serious <laughs> come on get out of right. here this guy now i bet you once he he probably explained everything to them I like it better if he just pretended like he didn't know. That, that, oh, yeah. That's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I was watching, uh, my cousin was watching a scary movie the other day, and I walked in on it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a great joke in Scary Movie 4, and it's probably the only thing I can remember there. Uh, the Anna Ferris character runs into the Regina Hall character. Um, I think Cindy ran into whatever the girl's name is, and she was like, Girl, I thought you died because the girl died in the Scary Movie 3. And she was like, Girl, I thought you was dead too. And then she just waved it off. <laughs> that, that was the end of it. <laughs> it's like, Fuck the continuity. Fuck the explanation. I thought she was dead, too. No, I'm not dead at all. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'd be funny if Raffi handled it that way. Uh, I feel like I was going to bring something up. Oh, I like how disappointed he is by the corrupt cops. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't I was like, that's bad. that's the only time he, like, yeah, the only time he, like, looks down on someone or judges someone is, like, you signed up for this. You took an oath. You wear a badge. And you're just fucking it all up. And you're a disgrace. You should be helping people. And it's probably so. I'm gonna break your arm until you give back that money. Yes. You're gonna learn this lesson one way or the other. Don't make me equalize you. My name's a book equalizing doesn't have to be fatal. Some lessons are learned with a broken bone. That's what they taught me in school, at least when I was learning yeah. how to become a teacher. Yeah, you don't have to send the kid to the principal's office. Like, just break a finger and they'll be fine. Yeah, that's all. They'll they'll fall right yeah. in line. Corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. Fun story. Actually, my, yeah. my um, first school was, or they did have corporal punishment. We could get our asses whooped by the principal with a breadboard. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's almost unheard of nowadays. It's yeah. slightly illegal nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the state. I think Texas you're allowed to. But uh, A bunch of snowflakes. Yeah. How, do they, how do they expect them to learn if they're not being beaten constantly or uh, afraid of being beaten constantly? Shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too dark? It was. <laughs> it's the world we live in. Got too real. Yeah, we need equalizers at every school. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm That's sorry. horrible. <laughs> well, we do. We, we need Denzel Washington at every school. Yeah, because you just never know if Teddy might come strolling through. Mm-hmm. Or some student. Whatever. Yeah, but the- uh, no, overall, I liked it just as much the second time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, as a rule, I try not to overwatch movies too much because I worried about losing what i liked about them you know just from repetition yeah um that didn't happen to me uh, for infinity war i'm glad to report seen that bitch four times with four different sets of people and it was still okay mm-hmm. uh, I, i've seen it three times and i loved it all three yeah, times i was impressed so i like the equalizer both times here i'm eagerly yeah me too the sequel, and i need to find out when it uh, when is it released 
Do we know the name? Oh, God, sorry. I went through puberty again. It's, Do we know the name for it? <laughs> it's just Equalizer 2. Um, and it comes out maybe July 20th. Oh, shit. Yeah. We might have to make this one a date, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm down for Equalizer oh, yeah. 2. You guys need to come to Chicago anyway. <laughs> oh, we could do that. June 20th. No, July 20th. It is July 20th? July 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be fun. Which we know because we're recording the the week of and putting this oh, out yeah. right after it comes out. <laughs> Go see the Equalizer 2. <laughs> it hasn't been on Patreon for like six weeks already. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else? This is, it didn't matter a whole lot, but they didn't really touch on race at all in the movie. Yeah, no, didn't I come up. Maybe the Russians might be a little derisive there because I thought about I only thought about it at the end when he strolled out of the mansion in Moscow. And I was like, well, geez, in Russia, wouldn't it be a little odd for him to even get that close? Mm-hmm. Which, which is not to say he didn't stealth his way, you know, to the front door or whatever. And he killed everyone. Right, right. <laughs> and like, everyone's obviously dead. Like he, he went Sam Fisher and like Panther. Like he just killed everyone in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the, you know. The black population of Moscow or Russia or whatever, wherever he's at. Um, but you would think he might attract a little attention. Like if I'm in Oregon or somewhere. I think he was pretty much only the black char- the only black character. Yeah. And that, that was the other thing I uh, noticed at that time. Oh, and the lead investigator, dude. The, the good guy that he ended up calling to... To alert oh, him yeah. money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's pretty inconsequential. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is white or... Which makes sense, because, I mean, he probably... I don't think Denzel was attached to this movie until later. Probably had some other... And I don't think I don't think Fuqua really cares about the, the race... Dis- like, his movies don't have to be about race, from what I can remember of his other movies. It's just he wants to tell, make good movies. He wants to tell good stories. He wants to explore other themes. He's not like Ryan Coogler, who has these very engaging, responsible discussions about race through his films. He just makes movies. He doesn't want to be... Doesn't seem to want to be the black director. And actually, uh, Russell Crowe was originally attached. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Hmm. Those two I could see Russell Crowe being the equalizer. <laughs> Russell Crowe. I think Denzel doesn't would do a much better job. Yeah. I, I think Denzel's equalizer is better than Russell Crowe's would have been, but it'd be interesting to see a Russell Crowe's equalizer. Because he's a... Like, Denzel can get really clean cut right away, and I think that's, like, a huge... Like, you need someone who can look like a dork mm-hmm. to play He's very much character. going against what we expect from him. With Russell Crowe, it would be really hard to make him look like a like a geeky, middle-aged... Yeah. Dork. He's not going to do the pip dance, I guarantee no. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, Washington did a lot of... He helped write once he was attached. He? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm on that database of internet movie-ness. Uh, the script originally had no backstory for him. Oh, so oh okay. Just a fucking assassin. Bitch. Just a guy, just a ghost, which could also work. I don't need his backstory. I just kind of like that they took the time to throw it in a little he bit. he does have OCD, so... Anybody that buttons that top collar. Yeah. <laughs> that top <laughs> button up, I mean... <laughs> Fucking serial killer. <laughs> Top cut. Co- <laughs> that's, that's the serial killer button. <laughs> it's either the serial killer or the equalizer button. I was watching a couple of the special features that they have on Voodoo for this, too. And they, they were talking about how the production designer is like an Academy Award winner. She's she's huge in the industry, like their location scout and stuff. 
So, and they're, they're right. It looks, the movie looks really good. Like all the settings look great. Makes sense for his character. Like the diner he chooses, the apartment he chooses. And the plot is real uncomplicated. It's the other thing I like too. Yeah. Very straightforward. Very straightforward. But it's just, it's just watching a very, it's watching very capable characters do very capable things mm-hmm. or do things very capably. I'll never get tired of do- that. Me either. Cause I've mentioned that before in our other podcasts, like with Die Hard 3 and everything. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing competence on both sides in a movie. Yeah, definitely. Makes you engage or invest in both sides. Going back to Infinity War too, like everyone in that movie is very capable to do whatever they want, and there are just these all these opposing forces going on. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the bad guy's point of view too at times. Yeah, even Teddy's or Nikolai's because yep, yep. mm-hmm. he yep he's up against the wall. By the time that restaurant scene happens, mm-hmm. he's in big trouble. You know, he, he gets the call from like, Pushkin and he <laughs> sends it to voicemail because he knows. This is starting to look really bad. I'm not good at my job, and this guy will kill me if I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not going. It's like I have to complete this mission, and then maybe I won't get killed. Yep. For in for being, a penny, in yeah. for a pound. He might be even thinking, okay, it's past the point of no return. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've screwed up. I'm not going to win this. That's why I assumed he was going to get killed by Pushkin mm-hmm. at the end. I, I still don't know where I got that from. But once Denzel came out that nail gun. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, now I remember. Except I didn't remember him actually being executed. But that's the way to do it. He doesn't do anything <laughs> half-assed, this McCall. No, he doesn't. I forgot that. Like, I don't know why I forgot, but I also forgot that, oh, there's going to be a nail gun. <laughs> like, you're in a hardware store. Nail guns have to be used in an action film. If yes. you're on a construction site, nail guns it have to be used. It shows up at exact, the exact when, perfect when, moment. Whenever you're in an area that might have a nail gun. <laughs> it's Chekhov's yeah. nail gun. Yeah. <laughs> Which they didn't show us at all, though, before then. But you're in a hardware store, so there are going to be nail guns. I'm surprised he didn't end up using a chainsaw at some point. Right. You know? That's actually what I was expecting. And, uh... That doesn't feel like a very Robert McCall weapon. No, it doesn't. The chainsaw. It's a little butch for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually thought, or maybe remembered wrong, I thought they were going to show us him go after that uh, that, that store robber. So it was, it was, re- it was refreshing when he mm-hmm. just strolled, strolled back in. It's like, oh, that's done. I forgot... I forgot about the store robber scene until it happened, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Then I thought he was... I actually forgot that he was going to get the ring back. Me too. I completely forgot. I thought it was going to be one of those moments where... Because I saw the Russian thing, and I was like, okay, they're using this to bait him out. And then that's what was going on in my head. They didn't end up doing this. but And that's how they were going to find out, oh, yeah, that's the same guy from the store... Or from the restaurant, and he wasn't going to end up going after them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's not a bad way to do it, mm-hmm. to have it connected to the overall storyline. Yeah. Or, like, his his sentimentality for this woman he works with kind of exposes him to the bigger threat. Could definitely make that choice and go that and way. It kind of shows why he's been living the loner life, where, like, yeah. if you get connected to people, they are fair game. You don't want that. You don't want to be connected to people. It wouldn't shock me if in Equalizer 2, his wife was killed because of something. Hopefully they don't do that, but hopefully it's just, you know, she died of natural causes or something like that, or cancer. Mm -hmm. But hopefully it isn't like, and the Russians put a hit on her, you know, back in the 19 or early 2000s or whatnot. I hope they don't do that. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Hard to say what they're going to do, but I, I trust... I, it's still Fuqua doing it, still Denzel, so I trust their instincts for telling a good story. Mm-hmm. 
the whole robbery thing reminds me of Fast Five when they're they're organizing the heist and they're like, we got to get some fast cars. And we're like, we can do that. And you think we're going to cut to a drag racing sequence? Nope. They just show up with faster cars after winning drag racing. <laughs> I love that. They just don't show it. And that was like proof that the series had evolved way past that other shit. It, yeah. It became a throwaway gag. It was a whole other, it was a whole other level once they hit the fifth mm-hmm. one. Yeah. The fourth one was just the bridge. But yeah, by the time the fifth one rolled around, I enjoyed them so much beyond that. Absolutely. Well, why don't we talk about the guilty pleasures of characters in The Equalizer? It's like the Spanish Inquisition, except I should expect it because I've been on the show many times. Way too many times. Many times. You you should see it coming. I was taking notes yesterday, but I was like, eh, I don't even want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't anymore until just now. Well, we need you, Ray, to pick a character for either Andrew or myself. Let us think about this. Why don't you take Nikolai? Which you are you talking about? Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And Andrew, you pick for Ray. I'm going to be nice. Robert, I'm going to give you the main character. (laughs) It's it's so rare when we do the main characters. Mm -hmm. Besides pipping. Right. Yeah. No no pipping allowed. No pipperos. Pipperinos? (laughs) Pipperoo. Pipperoo? Pipperoo. (laughs) Um, And Andrew. White word, by the way. It's like Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> you can't prove that. <laughs> we probably stole it from black people. Well, it's tradition mostly. That's, yeah. that's a callback, Joe. Yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> um, Andrew, why don't you do Susan? Who's going first? Because I'm thinking. I, I think I know Nikolai's. I think he likes doing origami, but he's not. But he's not very good at it. And he's like, you have to bend the the wing back the other way, and then it ah, oh, it ripped again. Oh, fuck everything! I'll kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it fits with his character. He's so refined, you know. Even though he's a soldier, they showed that picture yeah. of him the one time. But he's a really <laughs> well dressed guy. He he reminded me of a uh, Mads Mikkelsen's version of Hannibal. Like, oh super yeah, for sure. Dapper. Yeah, origami I guess requires a level of finesse like that. Except, like you said, he's Which I don't think Nikolai actually has. I think he's very dangerous. He's very skilled in what he does. But he doesn't have the patience for something like that. But I think he still likes to think that he can do anything. So, since he first tried origami, maybe before he killed his foster parents, he's never quite gotten it right, but he won't let it go until he gets it right. It helps fuel his rage, his inability to produce origami. That, that could be a little character thing they add in for, they could have added in for him. It's like, he's in the car spying on Robert. He's trying to make an origami crane. It's not going well. And he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> I'm still drawing a blank here for our dear yeah. McCall. Actually, a lot of times protagonists, like the main characters, mm-hmm. are the hardest to find. Well, he's so calculating. He's so calculating. And it's hard. It's, sometimes it's hard to get into the more stringent characters, guilty pleasures. We hardly know anything about Susan, too. Because McCall's so proficient at shit. What I would normally have picked as his guilty pleasure is kind of the stuff we see him doing in the movie, you know? Uh, it's just that he likes being a handyman, the simple life. And I already joked earlier that he was conservative. Maybe he votes that way, too. Maybe that's his guilty pleasure. <laughs> Maybe he truly believes in the idea of bootstraps. But he I don't does? Know if that's enough for him. I think he does. Like, he's like, like he told you, her, change you your make world. Your, yeah. You make your life. I think although he does help people, he is conservative, but I don't know if I want to use that for his guilty pleasure. He because doesn't he isn't guilty about it. Right, he's not guilty about it at all. Usually I try to go in the polar opposite of the character. We did not see very much laughing or joking with this guy. Except the Pipsy. Except that. He does read. Maybe there's something with 
like his the types of books he likes to read. He loves romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Harlequin ones. Like trashy yeah. Harlequin. The yeah. Greasy guy on the cover. There's always a greasy ass dude on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Oiled yeah. up and how is that how is right, that fun? How cover, is that fun to be have that hands off and shit. Why do you want that writhing around on yeah. you? God. <laughs> Maybe he reads comic books, you know? Ah, like I like it. It's some piece of him that he can kind of keep childlike because he's murdered so many people that you know he's lost all that wonder all the light and innocence is going out of the world so maybe he just pops up with you know a bazooka joe or <laughs> or betty and veronica or archie or some shit oh like old school comics. yeah yeah because he's an older guy so i can't I, I i can see him reaching back to a simpler time mm-hmm. it's not very entertaining but i think that might work for him i like it and there's a stash of them somewhere too by the way because he's so well prepared <laughs> there's a vault yeah he's, <laughs> he's got a vault he's probably got like a secret compartment in his yeah <laughs> or a security deposit box at the, the bank 9800 <laughs> came from selling some of those vintage comics yeah <laughs> that's just the part we didn't see. he didn't get it he didn't get it from home no, mart that's, for, that's sure. for sure and it wasn't from his cia exploits either he just traded in a couple books Mm-mm. a couple of the funny pages fucking calvin and Hobbes fan over here okay so Susan is very much like out of, you know, her and her husband, you know, she's the dominant one. She's the person who likes to, she seems to be the one who wears the pants in the family. So I'm going to say that she likes bowling. I thought you were going to say BDSM. I was worried there. <laughs> we had that whole riff during Transformers. Damn it. See, I, was worried. I, I tricked you. You did. Uh, you did. Even started with a B. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, she... I'm not sure bowling is really it. Man. It's Bowling's really, fun, though. Like, nobody ever is like, oh, I, I, I'm I, ashamed that I like bowling. Everyone likes bowling. Hmm. But super composed people like McCall and Susan, they like, would consider it kind of low class. Like, I yeah. I can see her doing yeah, that she, to walk on the wild but side. she also... She's a tough one. Like, because the obvious one is, oh, she's, you know, a sub... You know, mm-hmm. she's the submissive one in in the bedwar. Yeah, I like to go a little farther than the yeah, obvious. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like always going sexual. Bowling. She likes bowling. Well, and also, I, mean, I like she's it. CIA, so she loves information. You know, I mean, uh-huh. she compiles information. She's really good at it. She's uh-huh. she's got information around. Like her all she the knows. Time. She knows like the oil patterns right. on all of the alleys in the area. Maybe she also just likes really she, dumb shit too. She doesn't have her own bowling ball. Because that would make it too easy. Because she would know how that reacts. She always uses the bowling balls from whichever alley she goes to. Or is that what they call like the collection <laughs> of yeah, bowling alleys? Whenever she goes to a complex. So, like... And she likes figuring out, like, different weights. She's one of those people who has, like, five balls. You bring a ball for a different situation. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one for split, one for uh-huh. strike. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She knows all this stuff, but yet her like you know, av- her handicap is like really, really high. <laughs> like she only bowls. Like she gets super excited whenever she hits triple digits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I have an alternate one for her and, too, and that's why she loves her husband so much mm. because he he like has his own bowling ball. He just got the he's, one. Yeah, he's keeping it simple. He he keeps it simple. He doesn't really know anything about the lanes or anything like that. But by God, he can hit like two eighty 
with his eyes closed. Not even trying. Yeah. You know? He, I like that she's not put off no, by that. She's not intimidated no, by it. She's not frustrated. Attracts, she's like... Like, that's the attraction. Like... The simplicity. It, yeah. It's... Like, I like it. Their mutual love of bowling is what brought them together. And it's her outlet. Mm-hmm. She can check her brain at the door. <laughs> On a related note, I think she also likes Michael Bay movies. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're the yeah. opposite of information. Uh-huh. You literally just check your brain at the door <laughs> and run on impulse the whole time. I, I was th- I was thinking that she likes uh, signing her husband up for a Bill Pullman lookalike contest. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't ever win the trophy either. No. <laughs> he never wins. There's a, there's always this guy named Clark who's just slightly Clark! looks more like Bill Pullman. Fucking Clark. <laughs> <laughs> wipe out his credit score yeah he looks like the way he does and clark always shows up as like like not even like the famous independence day bill pullman it's like the while you were sleeping bill pullman <laughs> <laughs> those bill pullmans look exactly the same what are you talking about yeah, i know but if you're in a lookalike contest like they get really in the and like oh what's his name brian he he's like nowhere like he's never in like even the top 10 you know, and, and there are yeah. only like eight it's, it's always a miserable there failure. Are only like eight people who show up, and he's never like like they're like oh oh you're 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 so, good right you know someday you get, he's always in the car like that someday they give him essentially a participation trophy like yeah you're 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 good you showed yeah. up he did also win a Bill Paxton lookalike contest once though yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> he he went in a camo so he was like Hudson from Aliens yeah. Yeah, like it's game it. over, man. That's the problem, is he always dresses up as Bill Paxton when he goes to the Bill Pullman. Chet <laughs> from Weird Science. Yeah. yeah he, even he doesn't quite know who Bill Pullman is. That's why he's yeah. losing the contest. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do some plugs and recommendations. Andrew, what do you want to plug or recommend? So, let me check something. Start with Ray. Um, Ray, what do you want to plug or recommend? I think I did just finish Gargoyle Season 2, Volume 2. So you definitely have to see that, by the way. It, it, I know I plugged that before, but um, I finished that. I'm kind of out here without a choice again. Um, what else have I seen lately that was really good? This actually surprised me. I didn't hate Split, and I watched that Sunday uh, on HBO yeah, Go. Yeah, Split's good. Because, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, I've basically been avoiding his movies lately. Like, mm-hmm. if his name is on it, mm-hmm. I go the other way. I was pleasantly surprised by Split, especially the ending. That, that one actually, uh, I smiled. I was like, okay, okay. Well played, sir. Yeah, I think they're filming they the sure second are. one or the about to one. film the next mm-hmm. one soon. Yeah, it's called yeah. Last the third one, however you want to call it. I think it's filming right now. Cool. I did yeah. not see I'm looking coming. forward to that. But it made perfect sense once it all came together. Yeah. So, yes. M. Night surprised uh, me. Well, never, never judge, I guess. Never judge a man by his rep. <laughs> case by case basis. For <laughs> and throw out your Twitter. This is Michael Bay. Right, right. Yeah, he's right. just garbage. Well, I didn't hate painting Throw out Twitter. Either. I'll say that much, but I don't remember it. I haven't seen I haven't seen Pain and it's Gain. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hate it at all. Whenever I saw it, uh, it was a stream on a on mm-hmm. a weekend or something. But uh, it's years ago now. What about you, Andrew? You got one? Okay, so um, yeah, I'm gonna plug uh, launch Starcraft Reimagined. I did a track on it, so hmm. um, it's a, a cover album of the Starcraft. The original StarCraft, original soundtrack. Nice. Yeah, so... I love those um, kinds of soundtracks. Look up Funeral for a Hero in that. Listen to it many times. Download it many times. Buy it many times. <laughs> that way you can help me out. And then um, I saw Deadpool 2 recently. That was also fun. That, that was fun. 
quite I, fun, in fact. Not as good as the first one, but I wasn't disappointed that I went to go see it. No, yeah, it is fun, but a lot of people think it's better than the first one. I completely disagree. No, I wouldn't go that far. I haven't seen the first one in a while, so yeah. I can't mm-hmm. really comment on it. The first one's really good. Like, one thing that I've been hearing is he's making the same jokes throughout, and I really haven't noticed that. I didn't notice that too much. Yeah, I did. It really took me out of the movie, like, recycled jokes from the first one. I was like, come on, step up your game for the second, please. There are a few good cameos in it, I think. Yeah. I didn't recognize Matt Damon. I I heard later that he was in it. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, Matt Damon was in it. He's in prosthetics. He was the hillbilly. One of the hillbillies. The yeah. Oh, he was the one, the hillbilly that was talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Matt Damon. And then he's credited in the movie as Dickie Greenleaf. <laughs> Who's Dickie Greenleaf from Mister? It's his character from the talent, or it's the other character from the talented Mister Ripley, oh, wow. the one that he pretends to be. He kills and takes over his identity. Ah, oh, you spoiled it. Yeah, spoilers for to the talented Mister Ripley. <laughs> I'll plug Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. I watched the first episode of that, and I liked it quite a bit, so I'm interested to see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, I, ho- I, hope it, uh, I hope it gets the two characters together and doing things together quickly, because so far they're, they're pretty separated for, throughout the first episode. But it's got some interesting stuff. I, I, I'm going to keep watching it. Um, this show just started airing, didn't it? Okay. Yes. I'll wait till the season ends. I hate that well, week-to-week shit. We're all mortal now doing that. Yeah. I think I've got to watch it week-to-week, because... You know, I want to be able to watch it. I don't want to have to pay for it when it does come out. And I don't download stuff, so. So, uh, I have another thing I want to plug. Completely unrelated to us. There's a podcast called Sneak Attack. They're Mm -hmm. coming up. Actually, by the time you hear this, it's done. But uh, they do a live play Dungeons & Dragons sort of thing. And it's just a really good story. So... Go listen to 150-some-odd episodes of that. And then by the time this airs, they'll be on their second arc, I believe. And same with the Adventure Zone. Okay. Go listen to them, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up. We're getting a little long on time. You can find us on Twitter at, quote, guilty. You can find me on Twitter at Architect. We're Join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook fan group that's fun. Uh, contribute to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash wordsalad. And that's about it. Thank you guys for coming and on. Equalized. Oh boy. Equalized <laughs> You've just like been equalized. Mother. Normally you're not guilty, but today, equal. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Y'all come back now, you hear? Bloodsport. <laughs>